0: Welcome to Season 3 of Visitings Radio Show. Uh, We've been collecting the stories of artists who define the genres of public engagement, public practice, community arts, and or specifically reside in a community institution or program, art that exists outside the museum and gallery norms. Um, This episode is one that I've been waiting to do since we began this series of podcasts. In 2019, I have the privilege of sitting down with John Malpede of the Los Angeles Poverty Department, or LAPD. Uh, He's a champion of those experiencing homelessness. LAPD has been active since the early 1980s. John and his associates have been supporting the underserved community of Skid Row in Los Angeles.
1: But well, anyway, okay. I know my name is uh, John Malpine. The only the only official title I have is uh, artistic director of LA Poverty Department. That's uh-huh. great. Well, the the show the show we just did at Red Cat, it was uh. It was about um. It was a project. It started. Out, it was a project about community generated public safety. And, um, it was, it was, uh, and the the performance was one part of it, but it was sort of a long project where we did a lot of other stuff. Um, and, but mainly we, it, it, it was initially motivated by the police killings on Skid Row of, uh, of, uh, a couple of mentally ill men, you know, brother Africa and, um, uh, another man. And, um. And, uh, and And then we started looking we started looking at like, you know oh, what to do beyond beyond protest and stuff like that. and so so which we still did, which we did also with other people, but, um, but, it, but it ultimately it got to looking at and looking at the community practices that that people were developing to create to create real safety in the neighborhood, you know and um, so we did a lot of convening. We did a lot of, yeah, convening of people that we that are doing that in the neighborhood and had public conversations and evenings with that. Plus a little bit of performance stuff that we were developing, but um, I think, uh, well, I'll, I'll, anyway, ultimately the show the show was, ended up being set at our at our festival, which we started ten years ago, which is. The festival for all skid row artists because that always happens without any um police presence or security guards and so that was just something um something something that we do and other people do it too but in that case that we do that uh you know that you relied on the community create to to create its own safety mm-hmm. you know and um so that became the v that became the overall vehicle for the show but um it also uh in other words like the context for the show was it was sort of set at the festival and then we go away from it and go into other things like dealing with different uh specific community safety issues that happened there or somewhere else and then advocating for uh, different things like more toilets on Skid Row which is also safety issue as well as everything else and um and then kept coming back to to the festival so that meant the show had a lot of music in it and we'd we'd go from like just yeah a musical thing to a hearing to back you know back and forth and all that and um but um i guess i guess the reason i bring it up is because one, one interesting thing is it, 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 with l a p d is that um over the last uh, uh, well that 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 project the the festival itself was sort of a um something that something that was um Well, it's it's what it, it's what it is—a festival for all Skid Row. Artists. So it's not just about the people in our group or people that come to our thing. It's about like everybody in Skid Row can uh, perform in that. And um, and likewise, um, we started we started a parade that we do every couple of years, every two years, which has a community nominating process and and um, recognizes people who who lived and worked in Skid Row and done it transformative things and uh, and also, you know, five or six years ago, we started the Skid Row History Museum and Archive. So so all these things are, are, um, I mean, two ways of looking at them are one is um, they're um, they're motivated to to instantiate that there is a community in Skid Row. You know, therefore, it can't just be bulldozed and built over and everyone displaced. So, so all, all of those are motivated by by instantiating that, and then also they they're, they're community wide events. So it's not like you know one one thing like when we make a performance. The weird thing about it is it usually takes a lot of time to do it, <laughs> you know. And then it's sort of um, it takes a lot of time. Only a certain number of people are involved in making it. Mm-hmm and uh and then it's gone, so all these other things um are um have have different positive uh, aspects that that maybe aren't captured in performance which is which is uh they're they're more uh available to everyone they are they're not they don't require the kind of uh ongoing work that making a performance does and they exist in time uh, and or space in a bigger way. So like with the I I mean I think about that with the gallery stuff you know like we did we did an exhibition about the um, about the Scudrow Neighborhood Council or about the attempt to get a Scudrow Neighborhood Council and then the the sort of, you know, real politic um, uh, weirdness uh, employing shell corporations and lobbyists and all kinds of big boy, real political hardball stuff that resulted in uh, uh, defeating the campaign to get a Skid Row Council. Council. So, but that was there for, you know, it was there for four, four or so months. Mm-hmm. So during that time, there were different... Um, uh, well, in this case, journalists who called up who wanted to know something about what was going on, and and because it was there, they you know, uh, they could they called in on it and then came by and then we referred to them to other people and blah 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 blah. So so there's a certain value to have something that's durational as opposed to a performance that's there for uh, you know that that if people it might. Attract attention for the for the minute that it's there, but then not three months later. So, so I think it's um, in that in that regard, it's been valuable to have um, a museum space. But also, it's been, it's it's really uh, in a way it functions as the as the I mean the, a motivation for doing it was that so limited. Cultural space on Skid Row, and most of the, most of the space that does exist is, um, or if there's any space that exists, it's within larger institutions, and um, and it's sometimes it's either accessible only to the people that uh, that are regarded as clients or something of those institutions, or um, or it's only accessible when during regular business hours when they don't have to pay anybody extra to be there. Um, you know, so that precludes like weekends and evenings a lot. Or it's you know, rented to outside groups at exorbitant at prices that really don't uh facilitate their use, especially by people who live in the community, you know, for so so the um so the museum has, has also been able to uh, host like huge uh, Many, many events by, generated by people who live in Skid Row, who, have done, who, who are also do cultural and other kinds of projects, but a lot of cultural projects. And, um, and then the other, the other space-deprived, nonprofit uh, you know, small arts groups that are also in the neighborhood. And uh, as well as, you yeah. know, occasionally hosting a group of inquiring minds who want to know from somewhere else, like... You know, universities are or, or bona fide titled institutions and stuff like that.
0: The museum is open to the public.
1: It's open to the public, yeah. What? And and, ju- and just like just like MoCA, mm-hmm. we have a free admission policy. Right. Thanks Mo- MoCA. hasn't that. been implemented yet, right? But right. Ours has always been free since inception. Surprisingly enough. And what's the address? <laughs> It's two fifty South Broadway. Hmm. I think. Um, well, I mean, from the beginning, and LAP, LAPD was very um, hmm. uh, lucky, I guess, because when I when I sh- when I showed up, you know, I was. I was still living in New York when I showed up, and and I, um, oh. yeah, I was I was I was making something about, because I was living in New York and being a performance artist, and um, and uh, you know, but I started seeing people living on the street, and so I was decided, and I had an opportunity to do something on uh, where they were filling in the Hudson River, and they were going to make expensive real estate out of dirty water and sand, you know. And so I thought well I'm gonna do something about homelessness and, and then but I happened to be in L.A. when I was and it was right before the Olympics when I was gonna make this write this performance and um, 1984 yeah so there were you know there were a lot of things going on there were police sweeps of the neighborhood you know um, harassment and there was um Gilbert Lindsay was in city council saying let's open up let's open up manzanar and send everyone there oh, wow. for real and um and at the board of supervisors there were hearings about habitability of the hotels people were being sent to on welfare so i went to that and i fell in i met these activists who were there for, who turned out to be um uh the homeless organizing team there were people from the catholic worker and also from the catholic worker community in the big sense the people that that were catholic workers and the people that used the services of the catholic workers you know so um so i started volunteering with them and the Anyway, I mean, eventually, within a year, I was I was here, and they and the the Catholic Worker Legal Clinic had become a nonprofit, and I was hired for to be an outreach person and run around and go to all the welfare offices in L.A. and stuff, and and um, so anyway, the the point I was trying to make is is um, those guys. You know, I was school I was schooled in how to be, how to you know how to treat people right and 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 stuff like that by people who had a lot of a lot of wisdom and a lot of credibility and because it, again it was a concerted effort of people living in the community and people well the Catholic were you know and Catholic workers who were working and some of them also living in the community. So it was um it was uh LAPD I mean when we started doing performance workshops all that All that credibility—it was, was, uh, was—we had all that credibility because we were part of that whole lineage of of people who knew how to act right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, and it's just about meeting people where they are, you Uh know, and also. In terms of what, you know, in terms of what you want to do, you might have to, you know, you have to, you can't be too fixed on what you want to do. Right. You have to let reality make it a little more porous situation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then you guys are called LAPD. Yeah. <laughs> How wonderful is that?
1: Yeah, that came in the in the. Um, in the first year of LA, of the workshops, we started, you know, getting little, you know, gigs we were going to do. And so at that point, it's like, OK, well, we really have to have a name, you know. So then at one workshop, we had a bunch of people suggested names and then somebody said LAPD. And then somebody else said, oh, and you know, the Los Angeles Poverty Department. They put them and then that name rose got the most votes <laughs> so there it was
0: it's very political
1: yeah yeah. And, yeah and funny yeah
0: also right there's a bit of humor in all of that
1: uh, definitely you know yeah. has
0: the lapd ever said anything the, the, los, the los angeles police department have they ever said anything
1: well not really But there are a couple of stories that are connected to it mm-hmm. one was we the um at, at that time, I mean, the, we started uh, around the end of the first year of LAPD. We started doing stuff. We were invited to do something at the Boyd Street Theater. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, we missed the Boyd Street yeah. Theater. Yeah, so that was quite happening at the time, and um, and so um, I I don't remember the story very well, but anyway, some people there was a, some there were some people trying to get to the show, some performers, and there were. Um, and there was some sort of police street action going on it was hard to get down the street and then they said oh you know we're with the we're with the lapd the performance group and the cops knew about it and they let them go go forward oh. and then many years later we were at another we were at a meeting of um like at the late 90s we were a meeting of uh at a meeting I think was sort of like service providers met with the cops and it was at um it was the I think it was the wine guard or one of the bigger facilities downtown. Maybe one of the missions. I don't remember. Maybe it was one of the missions. Anyway, so we were, there was this, you know, there were about 40 people around a room and uh, everyone was introducing themselves and about half the people were from the police department. And then there were people from, like I said, the other, you know, the different service providers and stuff. And there were about four of us, Kevin Michael Key, Tony Parker. Henriette and myself, at least, were from LAPD, and so, um, so these guys would get up and say, you know, I'm Detective So and So, LAPD, whatever, you know, Newton Division or whatever, I don't know. And then, and then uh, Kevin, Kevin or Tony got up and said, I'm I'm uh, Tony Parker, LAPD. And then finally, at one point, somebody says, well, what division are you from? And then because they had all said that, like, you know, so, sure. so it was left. They left it up to me to get up and say, oh, well, actually, we're the other LAPD with Los Angeles Poverty Department. We're a theater group. We're today, right? <laughs> How did they take so my, that? <laughs> well, I think they were relieved to find out what the hell we're talking about at least today. <laughs> But my my pals didn't help me out. They just <laughs> no. <laughs> I had to do it myself. They had
0: having, having a little bit of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, um, could we talk a little bit? Maybe the last thing I'd I'd like to talk about is the um the the armory show. Is oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. has is that's online? Did they catalog that?
1: Uh I really don't know. The show originated at the Queens Museum in New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um in 2014. Uh-huh. And then um and then the Armory brought it here in uh I guess the next year or the, I forget. I'm not sure what the dates were. Maybe the I don't know. Maybe it was 2013 and 2015 or 2014, 2016. I don't know. But anyway, and the the um, it was slightly re- at the at the armory. Uh, Irene slightly re- redid it in the in the um, in the uh, in the show at the Queen's Museum that was curated by uh, Larissa Harris. Um, one one gallery was filled with uh, prison bunk beds from our show State of Incarceration, which that had, you know, that had been used as an installation. And like, when we first put the show together, we first put the show together, we didn't have beds, we always from the beginning, we knew we wanted to have beds, you know, but while we were working on it in rehearsal, we didn't have the beds. And then but uh, we did a show at the box when they were still in Chinatown, and we got the beds were, we finally got our beds, they were delivered directly to the box and so the so the interior of the box was filled with beds for a month and and during that time we were able to rehearse on them and and um and figure out how the show was uh with the beds and so while we were there we would present on the weekends i think we presented little bits of the show that we had figured out and then um and so that's how we got the got the show together and then then uh, I think the beds traveled to Chuko, uh, the you know the Youth Justice High School, and um, and we set them up there for a while, and we did a perform, and we did the whole performance there, and then they traveled to Highways, oops, where we um, I guess where they were installed, and we that was the, sort of the first run of the show. Chuko but, is the one in Hyde
0: Park. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah,
1: and um, but anyway, so it was always figured it was always going to be it was always an installation that could be performed on. So um, when the show when the show came here, we had we were working on a new show, which was about um, this uh, gentrification effort that we had defeated in -hmm. in downtown. So we had so we created the the restaurant installation. So that was the uh, the install. uh, Oh, I haven't seen that. uh, Yeah, the armory show was that in the main gallery. No, there, no. Was big, um, there was a big, there was a big turntable with uh, like a t- well. There was a twenty-four foot in diameter turntable, three inch high that Ooh. that had that all the that? yeah. It had all these <laughs> restaurant. It was yeah, set up yeah, like a restaurant, yeah, yeah. Okay. and then on the opposite in the far ends of the space was there was a, a lectern and and a and a, and a hearing table. Okay. So um, anyway, so that was a that was the that was an installation in that exhibition but then we performed the show about how um, about how a a, an effort to get a a a restaurant that served a full line of alcohol on the ground floor of a hotel that was designed for people just coming off the streets was was defeated by the Skid Row community who didn't want to have uh, a trendy alcohol serving restaurant in that building. And so um so we we um the audience the audience sat in the restaurant and then we performed the hearing across the, you know.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's,
1: that's how that works. So
0: there's the counter.
1: Yeah. Well the hearing the hearing room was on either side. So the commissioners were over here, the testifiers which were a lot of in reality a lot of us plus other people from oh. the community. Um played across the, the restaurant oh
0: that's great
1: yeah I, I
0: also should mention the when you say beds they're bunk beds
1: they were yeah, yeah they were prison bunk beds it was about the overcrowding in california prisons that were, were most public spaces you know gymnasiums and cafeterias were suddenly with two and three tier uh bunk beds you know and there were and i and this you know, the, the prisons were operating at like two hundred percent of capacity or something like that. Eventually this court case went all the way to the Supreme Court where that was judged to be cruel and unusual punishment, and they were forced to reduce their population by X amount. Oh yeah. And that's um, this was happened during as part of that. I mean our show was about was about that. <laughs> I think you know. Recapping, let's see. I, I mean, I, I think I was I was saying that like a lot of the stuff we've done is focused on trying to instantiate, to instantiate that there is a, a community in Skid Row, and not only that, a community community that has real, uh, you know, agency and and uh, potency. So like so like the, for example, the the show I just mentioned is a good example of that, where the community itself came together and defeated this this uh, effort and um and the the um yeah so it's a so it's a a community that has a a lot of uh self-awareness and and in particular people living in the community have have done a lot of important things to um to not only save the community but better the community so the refresh spot is a good example of that you know um and uh, <coughs> so you know um i think i think that, that yeah i think that's i think that's what's important is that it's a community that 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 has uh, that has a lot of self awareness a lot of commitment and and has been able to um even though even though it's rare when everyone when it's been quite rare when the when the city or for example or anybody aligns with and listens to the community on the occasions when they do good things happen so i think i think it's uh, yeah i think it's an extraordinary community with an extraordinary history and that it's been uh we, it's been uh, We've been happy to be, you know, it's been important to be a part of that. That's why we're there. The, you know, and the, the title of the project, The Back Nine, was the assumption that, I mean, it was about the assumptions undermining the public process, or un, undermining is a good, that was a malaprop, but it turned out to be an appropriate one, because the the idea that, Okay, the assumptions. What are the assumptions? We need 125,000 more people living in in downtown by 2040. Therefore, we have to open up Skid Row for market-rate housing and build it there, right? So those are the. Then we then we give it to the planners to have a public process, you know, to design a plan and have a public process that. It, but the one that Im, that embeds these assumptions that were made somewhere. Before the public process, right? Oh, right. So that's why it was called the back nine, and um, uh, but out of that project, we got a really active dialogue going with the Department of City Planning, um, and then uh, out of the, and then also out of, because of that active dialogue, the community groups decided to come together and write their own community plan. Oh, that could then be, uh, you know, put up against the the next iteration of the. Because the because they uh, the next iteration of the uh, city's plan for the community, which is still about to show up any uh, this later this as early as a month or two from now, or maybe and then the public comment period. So probably between now and the first of the year is when this is all going to happen. So so anyway, this community group, which we're a part of, has written this plan, the Skid Row now in 2040, mm-hmm. and uh, and in that. And we're, yeah, so in that pro- in that plan there um, there were also some revenue generating ideas that would allow for the building of affordable housing in Skid Row. So we're doing another project with Rostin that sort of unpacks that and looks at how those mechanisms would really function and the different ways of of, of financing uh, housing for extremely low income people in Skid Row, and then. Um, yeah, and then with with the, the coalition, we're we're um, engaging with we're gonna engage with the, the public process and, and and hopefully get a plan that serves the existing community.
0: That concludes the first show of season three. My deep gratitude to John Malpete for his time and commitment. He and his team have consistently shown throughout the decades the power of creative engagement. You can learn more about Los Angeles Poverty Department at www.lapovertydept.org I'm Alan Akagawa speaking to you from my living room in K-Town saying thanks so much for listening to Visiting's Radio Show.